back to more John Chuckery. Yeah, now I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios Tuesday night with you. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck Rose gets first quest. It is Sierra's birthday today. So a little smoother, you know, not quite in the one-two-step vein, dance vein, and all that kind of stuff. A little smoother Sierra here. Happy birthday to CC. Yeah. Again, I, I was telling Dylan, you know, I saw her in person. She walked by we were when we were downstairs broadcasting the in the WAOK studios. She was at V103, and she walked by, and I was like, wow, that's like the most beautiful woman on earth. So now she actually has a kid with, what's the guy's name, current or past or? Future. Right. Like I said, you know, someday <laughs> or current or whatever. Um, so anyway, she's got a kid with with him, right? So, yes. And I think she's got a couple chitlins with uh, with Russell Wilson. Yeah, right? two or maybe even three. Yeah, but she's, but yeah. she's got her... Um, you know, sometime in the past. What's her? She's what's got her name? one future baby. Yeah. She's got like past, present, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so anyway, 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 9 the game uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. I am at JMSH316. Don't forget, Rankum is coming up at 1040 here this evening. So be sure to get your listen on the text line or on my Twitter page. Get to the heart of the NFL with the In the Huddle podcast. Brian Baldinger, Jason Lock on four. Carl Dukes take you around the league, give you the inside scoop on all the storylines in the NFL. Every Tuesday and Thursday, episodes come out. Follow In the Huddle for free on the Odyssey app wherever you get your podcast from. Quick note before we get into the college football deal. Um, you asked me about if I'd seen the trailer for the Ant-Man. Have you seen the, the new trailer for Wakanda Forever? I think I've seen part of it. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing, but I've seen it like in, on TV. So we get obviously Submariner is coming yep. in this movie. Yep. And we know now for sure oh, the sister, sister is yeah she's yeah. Black Panther. No, they're not hiding it at all. No, no, no. no. But I mean, and, and you said they that's how the comic goes. Yeah, anyway. it goes in the comic. Yeah. But, and I did read they're going to acknowledge that he yeah he dies. died. Yeah, but, they're doing that in the beginning of the movie. Right. They're going to tell you that T'Challa died. Yes. But it's going to be the sister, and you get Submariner. Too, who that's that's Marvel's answer to Aquaman. Ah, right. Are you familiar right. with Submariner at all? A little bit, not okay. a whole lot, but a little. So bit. he's basically the Marvel version of Aquaman. Ah, okay, okay. okay. So DC's got Aquaman. They've got Submariner. I, he's got. A, I forget what his Namor or something like that is his character name, but but Submariner is what we knew right. him from in the comics and stuff like that. So uh, looks very interesting. Like the the, the yeah, trailer. Trailer's pretty be good. interesting. Yeah. Because you're gonna get everybody else back, like mm-hmm. like all the other people that were in the kingdom and everything like that is gonna be back. But she's going to play the the Black Panther character with a little different color. It's not purple. She, I think she's in yellow or gold, gold or something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So there you go. All right, let's get to a college football roundup. It's time for the college football roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Brent Key talking the other day about his quarterback Jeff Sims. Saying that he's day-to-day, that the MRI had everything checked out with it, but he is day-to-day moving forward. It is expected that Zach Taylor, who was the Akron transfer that played for Sims last week against Virginia. Let me just say, and I brought this up on the College Football Show on Saturday. 
That was maybe the worst Power 5 football game I've ever watched in my entire life was that Tech-Virginia game. That game set football back 108 years. If they ever play that game again, the replay should be in black and white and everybody should have leather helmets on. Because that game was dreadful to watch. But Key said expect both of the backup quarterbacks, which Zach Taylor's a transfer from Akron, and then freshman Zach Pyron. Um, he said, quote, I fully expect both Zachs will play in this game. Sims is day-to-day, but you have to expect both scenarios. Now, obviously, they are in Tallahassee this week. And I will tell you, like, the Jackets are 3-4 and four right now. Can they find a way into a bowl game? I don't know. If you look at the rest of their schedule, you know, is it impossible to try to pull off three more wins? You're at Florida State, at Virginia Tech, so things go crazy in Blacksburg. Home with Miami. They're not very good, but it's still Miami. At North Carolina, that's not going to be easy. And then you can forget at Georgia. <laughs> you can forget that game. You can go ahead and just, you might as well just not even get on the bus to head to Athens for that one. So that's going to be a bloodletting out there. I don't know if they have three wins in their final five. I will tell you this. If they've got three wins, it's going to be these next few weeks. Because I don't think they're going into Carolina and winning. I don't think they're going into Georgia and competing, let alone win. So, to me, you either win these next three games to get to a bowl game or it's not going to happen. So, we'll see what happens. Florida State's played better. They're not great, but they're better than they have been. Run the football really well. I'm not sure Tech's going to go down there and find a way to get it, but they certainly can. So we'll see if the Jackets can amp it up because that was a bad loss. There's no other way to describe it. There's a bad loss against Virginia in one of the worst games I've ever watched. Texas A&M, speaking of teams who may have trouble getting the bowl game, I brought this up on the show on Saturday. And I said, if Virginia Tech loses, or Virginia Tech, if Texas A&M loses to South Carolina, can AM get to a bowl game? Now think about how crazy that sounds. They were the preseason number six team in America coming into this year. They're now three and four on the season. They get Old Miss this week, Florida, at Auburn, home with UMass, home with LSU. And wasn't this supposed to be the year that Texas AM was supposed to find their way in the yep. college football playoff was. and challenge they were and all that stuff? Preseason number six. Preseason six. And now they're fighting for a bowl game? They may not make a bowl game. I mean, they could lose to Old Miss. They could lose to LSU. And then it becomes, can they run the table of Florida, Auburn, UMass? Look, they'll beat UMass. I'm not worried about that. They'll beat Auburn. Florida's the swing game. Maybe they pick off Old Miss this week being at home. I'm not guaranteeing that. Their offense is still very challenged. But they may not make a bowl game. Well, they just put three kids on indefinite suspension because of an incident um, in the post-game locker room. So the report is is that the three kids, Denver Harris, Chris Marshall, and P.J. Williams, who are all freshmen, they're all like five-star recruit freshmen, they were smoking weed in the South Carolina locker room. That's the report that I read. How dumb can you be? Like, how dumb do you have to be at that point? They were smoking on that Gamecocks pack. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it, every everything that can go wrong this season for AM has gone wrong for AM this season. So, I don't think Jimbo's going to get fired. I think there's too much money involved. I think you're going to give him a chance to, 
to work some things out next year, but it's getting dicier and dicier by the day. Finally, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, who came in as the preseason All-American wide receiver for Ohio State, looks like he will play against Penn State this weekend, but will most likely be on a pitch count, according to head coach Ryan Day. Quote, he's a competitor. It's hard for him to be out, not be out there more, but we wanted to make sure we kept that number right about 20 and make sure we don't put them out there. Look, they got Ibuka. They got Marvin Harrison. They've got the two best running backs as a duo in the country. They got plenty of offense. I don't think Penn State's going to find a way to slow them down offensively. That game may be fun for a little bit, but eventually the talent wins out in that game. I think they'll handle Penn State. Uh, I had to laugh. Some people thought that Ohio State wouldn't cover that game last week. Iowa's so bad. As good as their defense is, their offense is that bad. I mean, they had to have a scoop and score on a fumble play to get their only touchdown in that game, or they'd have gotten nothing in that game. And Ohio State rolled in that thing. They've got their offense going right now. I don't think they're going to have any issues or problems with it. But Jackson Smith and Jigba, who has basically been fighting injuries all season long, look, they they know they need to get them ready for Michigan and the Big Ten title and moving from there. That's where they're looking at. Everybody else they can beat during the regular season. All right, when we come back, Billy Joel said it best when talking about Alex Smith and Mariota. We'll talk about that next. Chuck Rinakia Studios, Sports Rain After the Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Sports Radio 929 The Game. Back with the John Chuck Show, hanging out in Key Studios on this Tuesday evening. Don't forget, Rankum is coming up at 1040. He's got a couple lists already coming in on the text line 404-741-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond Text Line. Odyssey website catches on the go. Social media at 9 on the game. At JMCH316, that is my Twitter handle. He is at underscore Dylon Matthews. You can hit us up uh, on my Twitter page on the text line with your rankum list. We'll get to that here at 1040. Playing a little future here for you, Chuck. Current and past. Yeah, um, a little current and past future and a little re-re too. Uh, don't forget, we've got Hawks basketball coming up tomorrow night. Pre-game at 630, 7 o'clock tip. Steve Holman and uh, Mike, uh, Mike Connie will have all the action for you. We will be on after the game. So just like we did last week, we'll be on after the game till midnight. So EOG until midnight for Chuck Reed tomorrow as the Hawks get back uh, in action. Need to get a, need to get a couple of wins. Not that it was bad, the 2-1, and one, but, boy, you should have beat Charlotte. The, Charlotte was missing too many guys and just you're at home, you know, eh, you know. That, that should have been a win. Should have beat Charlotte. But anyway, <clears throat> we'll see what uh, happens there. Speaking of needing a win, that's the Falcons coming up on Sunday as they take on the Carolina Panthers as they're actually a six-and-a-half-point favorite, if you can believe. So, look, this is the reality of what happened on Sunday. With all of the injuries and everything that they have, I don't care if they threw it five times or 50 times in that game they weren't going to outslug it with the Bengals on Sunday. Bengals are just an offense that's rolling. We had too many injuries on defense. I felt bad for Cornell Armstrong. Just activated on the roster, coming off the practice squad. 
and he's lining up against Jamar Chase. That's the biggest mismatch we've seen in Atlanta sports since Charles Dimry was guarding Jerry Rice. Are you familiar with either one of those names? I mean, of course, I know Jerry Rice. I don't okay. know well, I didn't Charles know, uh, Dimery, uh, but I, well, you, I mean, you, I know you Jerry said, Rice. Okay, all right, just making sure. <laughs> well, Charles Dimery was a former cornerback here that was just dreadful, but that was a famous biggest mismatch of all time. This this was pretty close, Cornell Arm. And I feel bad. Look, he he played and he fought. I got no issue with with the effort that they that they put up. What is frustrating is look, there is a difference between you being a run first. Run heavy. And the Falcons run it at a higher percentage of their offensive plays than any team in the NFL. And I'm okay with that. But it doesn't always go your way, and you can't always dictate the game like that. You know, what happens if you're down 10 with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter? Are you going to keep running it because that's what your identity is? Or at some point, do you realize that the clock is not an ally and we don't have all kinds of time and we have to get the ball back multiple times and do things? So that's the part that I'm nervous about is being run first, run heavy, but being almost incompetent in our passing game. Mariota was nine for 13, or sorry, eight for 13 for 124 yards. If you take away the 75-yard play to Demir Bird, which was a broken coverage play, in fact, you know Eli Apple got benched after that, right? Eli Apple got benched after that blown coverage play on Demir Bird. Speaking of guys getting benched, like Matt Ryan, he got benched after that play to start the second half. So that's how egregious that was. They benched him. But take away that play, and Mariota is 7 for 12 for 50 yards. It's tough to – they ran for 107. But as I said earlier, in their losses, they've run for 137 yards. They average 137 yards in the four games they lost. They average 183 yards in the three games that they won. So 100 yards is not the benchmark for this team. To win, this team is going to have to be 140-150. But when you talk about the quarterback and what's going on there, It makes me think of a Billy Joel song, the fact of what Arthur Smith thinks about his quarterback, Marcus Mariota. It's a trust thing. The head coach does not trust his quarterback to go out there and be able to pass it effectively. Now, look, this is not about hucking it around 50 times. This is not about airing it out, although they aired out a 75-yard pass in that game. If you take away that 75-yard pass, do you know that they only had one passing attempt that went 15 yards in the air? One. Had one attempt for the rest of the day that went as far as 15 yards. It's tough when you get down in the NFL to just stay with the run as the clock isn't your ally anymore. Because at some point, you get to a point of the clock is not going to be an asset. We don't have enough clock 
to be able to keep running it and chew up time and still get accomplished what we want to get accomplished. And it's becoming more and more apparent. Look, the stat holds true. When he throws it 20 times or less, they're 3-1. and one. When he throws it 21 or more, they're 0-3. Oh and, and they're not going to win many games where he's got to throw it 25, 30 times. They threw it 33 times against the Saints and lost that game. But you do have to be competent in the pass game at some point. If you can be like you were a couple of weeks ago where against the 49ers, you control the line of scrimmage, you run for a crap ton of yards, that's great. But what are you going to do down 10 with nine minutes to go and you've run it for 55 yards and your running game can't get it going because they've taken the team whatever, Team X has taken that away from you. Even P.J. Walker, who is a guy that was undrafted, out of temple, not a throw-first guy, who came from the XFL of all places, even he threw it 22 times last week in their victory. In fact, he was 17 for 22 with a couple of touchdowns. According to Pro Football Focus, number one, he had the highest grade of any quarterback in the league this past week, and he didn't make a throw that was turnover-worthy, as they say, right, where – It's an incomplete pass, but it bounced off a defender or got tipped in the air. Turnover-worthy throws, right? He didn't make one. They have to find a way to still be able to get some action in their passing game because it is going to tip where you are so one-dimensional that nobody's going to respect you. And for a team that has spent draft capital – number four overall, and number eight overall in guys that do what? Catch the football. That's what those guys are there for. You can tell me about their blocking and all that other mishigas and nonsense, okay? Every receiver in the league has to do that stuff. But you know what the difference between Justin Hardy and Julio Jones is? They may both block. One guy's going to catch 130 balls for 1,700 yards. One guy's going to catch 20 balls. One guy's going to force double teams, and you're going to have to huck it up to him. One guy's going to be nobody on the field. Every wide receiver at some point in the league has to block. That's nothing new. Not every receiver catches 100 balls for you. Not every receiver is going to command 125, 130 targets. I'm not asking them to go out there and huck it around. I'm not saying throw it 30, 40 times a game. What I am saying, though, is if you're down by three touchdowns and you're down by double digits, 10 or more points for over 50 minutes of game action, you're going to have a hard time having it eight for 13 unless you run the football for 400 yards. Their running backs in that game, by the way, only had 76 yards between Algier, Huntley, and Avery Williams. All of those guys, Avery Williams had one carry for four yards. The other two guys ran it for under four yards an attempt. So to be able to churn out yards at less than four yards an attempt, you're going to use a crap ton of clock. Well, that keeps their deep, that keeps their offense off the field. What difference does it make? If they get four possessions and score four touchdowns, what difference does it make if they don't have – they don't need nine possessions to score four touchdowns. They can score it on four possessions. 
You, you don't. You, you may keep them off the field, but if they score every time they get the football, or you run it for less than four yards an attempt, you're going to be off the field offensively. Your offense is not going to be on the field. You have to be able to have the threat of picking up some chunks yards, and not because Demir Bird. Do you know how many catches Demir Bird had going into that game on Sunday? How many do you think he had, Dylan? Two. Okay. Going into that game, uh-huh. he had the same amount of catches as you oh. and me. Oh, so he had zero. He had two targets wow. for the season with no catches. That was his first catch. So it was awesome. But even as we sit here at 1030 at night on Tuesday, he has one more catch than I do or Dylan does. And at some point, you have to be at least competent in the passing game. It's 2022 NFL. I have no issue with the identity being line up and mashing at it. But running it for 100 yards... This offense isn't going to get anywhere for it. They have to be 150 or more yards. When they win, they've run it for 183. When they lose, they average 137 yards rushing. So even when they lose, they're running it for a good bit. But it's not translating into enough points to win. And that's where something competent. And I do think it's 100% the fact that they don't trust, the coaching staff doesn't trust Marcus Mariota to help lead them back into a game. By the way, I gave the stats earlier. When Marcus Mariota's in no huddle, he's 73% completion percentage. When they speed it up and he doesn't think, it's just react and throw, he does much better. But the longer he has to stay in the pocket and navigate, the worse the passing game becomes. But you can't afford to be completely and utterly one-dimensional in the NFL. Even when you do it well, you have to be able to get out of your comfort zone a little bit, not become a pass-first offense, but you have to have at least some semblance of we can throw the football. You have all the pass catchers in the world. For God's sakes, they've invested more draft capital than just about anybody in the NFL. In two pa- Again, we told you, the last time an NFL team invested two top ten picks in consecutive drafts for pass catcher was the Detroit Lions, who also drafted pass catcher a third year in a row. They went three years in a row with Mike Williams of Southern Cal, with Roy Williams of Texas, and with Carlos Rogers of Michigan State. They went three consecutive years in the top ten with pass catcher. Dylan, ask me what the Lions' record was Three years after they drafted those three guys. What was their record? Oh, and 16. Mm. It's not very good. An unused weapon is a useless weapon. That's the truth. They have to get some competency in throwing the football. Don't have to huck it around. But on those games where you don't get to dictate everything through the run... You have to have some semblance of we can move the football downfield. Rank them when we get back. Chuck, we're in the key studios. Sports right now to the game. Odyssey.com app.
to more John Chuckery. No, 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 I'm having a good time. Having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Key Studios Tuesday night with you. Head to the top of the hour, JR Sports Brief. Coming up then, Brown Lecker Music Hour rolling right along. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site catches on the go. Social media at 910 the game. I'm at JMCH316 on Twitter. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. We used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends, picking Hugh's brain, picking Randy's brain, learn a little bit more about the guys. Sometimes we'd give them a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal that segment, and we call it Rank Them. All right, Chuck, we're going to start with this. Since we earlier named our top 10 favorite movie killers, let's rank these four movie killers. Freddy Krueger, Leatherface, Michael Myers, Hannibal Lecter. Well, Michael Myers is number one, way, way above all those others. Give me Hannibal Lecter, two. Give me Leatherface, three. And I I think the whole Freddy Krueger thing is ridiculous. Okay, real quick before we move on. Yes. If you had to get in like a, a, a one-on-one, like scrum fight for your life type of fight, would you rank them any differently? Uh, Leatherface would be one. Okay. Because gotcha. he's pretty immobile and just all goofed up and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> True. Okay. Today is National uh, Greasy Foods Day. Yes. So how would you rank these uh, four greasy foods in uh, in matter of like favorite to least favorite? Uh, da Vinci's Pizza, which is very good. We got one right down the road uh, here. Yep. JR Crickets, wings and fries or onion rings or, you know, anything you want from JR Crickets. A burger, any type of build and toppings of uh, whatnot from your choosing from the Vortex. Um, or fried chicken from Harold's Chicken and Ice Bar. Well, the Vortex is the best burger, so give me that one first. Probably the coronary bypass burger. Oh, yeah. It's got the egg and yep. chili and mayo and everything Great associated call. with it. They have really good turkey chili there, by the way, too. Oh, I got to try that. Um, I will take, uh, let's see, you said fried chicken. What was the other three? Uh, JR Crickets, like wings and fries, yeah. you know, something from JR Crickets. Yeah. Uh, da Vinci's. Yeah, give me Da Vinci's number two. Da Vinci's is tremendous. Um, give me the fried chicken three. Mm-hmm. And give me JR Crickets four. We used to have a JR Crickets downstairs here. Really? Yes. You don't remember that? You weren't here for all I that? I wasn't here for that yet, no. <sighs> what year was that? I, I started here in 2018. Uh, probably before you were born. I mean, that would be Not my before guess. I was born. Yeah. Okay. But yes, we used to have JR Crickets down here. Actually, they never l- moved it. It's it was down like when we had the original food court and all that. Oh. Okay. It was um, if you know where. Do you remember the old food court that was here? I remember like when I first like when started. They had Moe's and Chick Fil A here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Chick Fil A used to be in this building. Okay, so. Yeah. The Moe's was right across from the Moe's. Do you remember where the Moe's was? Not really. Like, I only going, really. like the Moe's was going down toward the W Hotel entrance. Oh, okay, right, okay, So okay, Jake okay, Crickets okay, yeah, was yeah. right next to Moe's and all wow. that before he, got to the, before he got to the W Hotel. Yeah. It was on the right-hand side before he got to the hotel. Okay. Um, keeping it going here. So today is also like uh, Merry Music Christmas Day or something like that. Okay. So... So, like, we're right near Christmas again, huh? I mean, I guess so. Hey, we haven't even had holla, holla friggin' ween yet. I was about to Christmas. say, like, how does that have a national day now? Yeah. Halloween hasn't passed. But with it being that, how did you rank? How do you rank these Christmas songs? All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. The It's beginning to look, beginning to look a lot like Christmas, the Michael Buble version. Yeah. Uh, Jingle, <laughs> Jingle Bell Rock by uh, Bobby Helms. 
or Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Johnny Marks. Johnny Marks? Who's that? Uh, he, he sang a version of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. So not Brenda Lee? Yeah, we, I mean, you can go with him if you want, but I I, I, I chose Johnny oh my Marks. God. He said go with him. <laughs> I'm saying... If you if you haven't heard the Johnny Marks version, then you know it, okay. it'd be hard for you to rank that one. Brenda Lee's a woman, country singer. She does she does the version "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree." That's the most popular version. Yes, yes, that's Brenda Lee. But there apparently there's a there's a, a version uh, by Johnny Marks. Apparently there is. All right. Well, I, I don't know. Who, I I know Richard Marks. <laughs> I I I you know I know Johnny Be Good. I don't know who this. This cat. All right, is. So we'll, 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 take, we'll do I'll Brenda take, Lee then. I'll take Brenda Lee's version of Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. <laughs> um, the Mariah Carey song and the other, and Michael Bubbles, <laughs> that can all go at the back end. Like, <laughs> and, and I'll take everybody, I'll take every other Christmas song in the history of the world that's not sung by Michael Bubbles and Mariah Carey. Wow. Strong. <sighs> you don't like the Michael, any Michael Bublé Christmas songs? No. No. I, I, here's, one, here's one I'd like to sing to him. Here's a folding chair to the head for me. <laughs> All right, I got a whole bunch here. Uh, okay. From our buddy Rusty on Twitter, Carrie Underwood, Miranda Lambert, Marin Morris, or Faith Hill? Uh, I'll go old school. I like Faith Hill a lot. I think she's a very, uh, very good singer, so I'll take her number one. I will take Carrie Underwood number two. I think she's very talented. Uh, Miranda Lambert, three, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know who Marin Morris is, so she'll, she'll go for it. She was the, why don't you meet me in the middle? Uh, I'm losing. Yeah, my that's why mind she's four. Just a little. Yeah, that's that's why she's four. <laughs> uh, rank these: banana split, peanut butter parfait, a blizzard, or a cone dipped in chocolate. Well, I can tell you, I love a good banana split. I'm all about a good banana okay. split. Give me that one. Give me the peanut butter parfait number two. That's love a good call. That, with the peanuts yep. and the hot fudge and everything. Give me that too. And. I'm actually going to go with just a cone dipped in chocolate. Cone Green. dipped in chocolate are, I mean, those are underrated. underrated. Yep, and a blizzard. I, I love the blizzard, but that's going to go number four. Did I, use, did I tell you I used to work at Dairy Queen? I used to be an expert at making blizzards. I remember when Dairy Queen first came out with their ice cream cakes. That oh, was one of my yeah. early cakes that I had as a kid was yeah. the ice cream cake. All right, uh, sticking to uh, sweets and stuff, since mm-hmm. we are around the corner from Halloween, how do you rank this Halloween candy? Snickers, Almond Joy, Butterfinger, or Reese's? Oh, Reese's all the way, number one. For sure. Snickers, Almond Joy, and what was the other one? Butterfinger. Uh, Almond Joy, two. Snickers, three. I'm not a big Butterfinger guy. Really? Eh. Why is that? Just, I don't know, too flaky and just. It is very flaky. Yeah. Just. All right, let me grab uh, from our buddy Marco on my Twitter page. Uh, how do you prefer to listen to music? Headphones, in the car, Bluetooth speaker, or vinyl record player? Well, most of my music listening I do through um, the car, so that'll be number one. Um, Bluetooth speaker, probably number two for me. That's how I listen to a lot of podcasts and music at home. Um, I'll take vinyl record player for three because I like the old school. And headphones, usually if I'm only out like for a walk or at the gym or something like that. From our buddy Matt Ryan, who got to see at the party on sa- on Saturday. That was a lot of fun. Um, rank the lineups that were stopped by the Joe Torre Yankees. Mike Hargrove's Tribe, Lou Pinella's Mariners, Davey Johnson's Orioles, or Johnny Oates Rangers. Give me the uh, Indians of Mike Hargrove one. I will actually take the Pinella Mariners number two. I'll take Davey Johnson's Orioles three, and those Johnny Oates Rangers teams we're not going to compete with, even with – Palmero and Rusty Greer and those guys and Juan Gonzalez and all that kind of stuff. They just weren't very clutch. 
out there. For my buddy Alvy Cohen, Ricky Lake, Sari, Sally Jesse Raphael, Jenny Jones, or Lisa Gibbons. Um, I'll take Lisa Gibbons one because I was very attracted to her as a Ute from Entertainment Tonight. Um, Jenny Jones is crazy, and she had crazy people, and she got sued uh, for some of her guests. I'll take her number two. Sally Jesse Raphael was insane as well. She'll go three, and I never understood Ricky Lake, so she'll go four. <laughs> I'm actually glad you brought up a uh, uh, shout-out to Matt Ryan for always sending in a rank them. And uh, you actually, it's a pretty good segue into it because this next one is, what was your favorite part of the 10th anniversary party? Okay. Was it all of your producers? You know, all of your past producers mm-hmm. at one point being there. The real Matt Ryan was there. I was there. Jarvis yeah, was I there. Yeah, I saw Day Day. I saw Jarvis. Yeah. And I, that's all I saw. Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Oh, oh. Are you my producer still? I thought you were a podcast host. I am your producer still. Oh, okay. I, right. I, it's been like, what, three weeks, a month, and I've been here every time I, you've had I, a show? I, I, All I know is I read your Peachtree podcast, and that's the only <laughs> thing I know about you. So, But I, it was good to see Jarvis and Day Day. Okay. Um, <laughs> hold on. I got I to gotta get this next one ready. Give me, give me two seconds. Okay. okay. Next one is uh, – John people. Freaky, yeah, him having geeky. him having his That's uh, V-neck one. on backwards. That John Freaky, look, <laughs> I understand what a pineapple upside down on the front porch is. I understand keys in the fishbowl and what that represents. What does wearing a V-neck backward represent? Because <laughs> there has to be some kind of freaky deaky meaning. John, yeah, John Freaky, yeah, John Freaky. There has to be some kind of freaky deakiness about wearing your V-neck backwards. Because that has to be intentional. That could not have been. So that's going to be number one, I can assure you. Okay. So then what's your other one? So I'm freaky. Yeah. Uh, wearing his uh, V-neck backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, having Sean on the show, Sean Thompson. Sean's two. And uh, you guys, you guys are four, and Matt Ryan's three. No, 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 no. no. We're not. No. We're not four because this next one is going to be four. I only oh, okay. gave you three options. Okay. The last one is seeing Mitch Evans. Oh. um... Give me Sean two, you guys three, Mitch Evans four. There we go. Now, listen, uh, Mitch and I had a good time. Asked him about his wife. Uh, shout out and prayers to his wife, Randy. Uh, she was going to have some surgery. And so uh, shout out and prayers uh, to her that she gets better. And uh, sounds like everything will be okay. So shout out to Mitch Evans. You right. get to see him on Saturday. There you go. One more for you. How do you just straight up rank the NFC South? Because it's a, it's you know, it's it's a lot. <sighs> The Falcons, Saints, you know, Panthers, Bucks. I'll still take the Buccaneers. I mean, they still have Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, they still have all that talent. I still think they're number one. Can I tell you, we can be the second best team in that division. Oh, we easily. really can. Easily. I'll take us number two. I'll take the Saints three, and I'm telling you, Carolina's dreadful. Like God bless them for beating this for beating the Buccaneers last week. They did God's they're work. They're dreadful. And we'll see if they trade Brian Burns or not because they only got a few more days. But if they trade Brian Burns, they've really thrown in the white flag because they've gotten rid of McCaffrey, fired their coach. P.J. Walker's playing quarterback who was in the XFL for Vince McMahon. That, that team is awful. So there's no reason not to be. There's a reason why the Falcons. The Falcons are a touchdown favorite in the game on Sunday. Saying a lot. That's a rank for a Tuesday. Back to wrap it up with the Love TKO next. Chuck in the Key Studios, Sports Radio, 929 The Game. Folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. are wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show, as we always do with the love TKO. My great, great thanks to Vince Cellini 
for hanging out with me for a couple of hours tonight. Very thrilled, very excited. Love Vince. Appreciate him greatly for being a part of it. Before we get out of here and set the schedule for you, let me let you listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Looking back over my years, I guess I shed some tears. All right, we got Hawks basketball coming up tomorrow as the Hawks are in Detroit. 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock tip. So we will be on after the game tomorrow night, EOG until midnight. We are going to talk to Tori McElhaney, so we'll get you ready for Falcons and Panthers. Um, I will also be back with you on Friday, not on this show, but it will be Mike Bell and myself. We will be uh, hanging out in the Key Studios on uh, Friday. So Mike Bell and I will be um, – oh, no, actually, wait a second. I think we're at Twin Peaks in Kennesaw. If that's the case, oh, man, that's awesome. That would be awesome. I hope we're at Twin Peaks in Kennesaw. I love it up there. So, um, so I'll be with Mike on Friday. And then Monday I am back uh, – well, we got the college football show Saturday – Listen to my who I work. I got myself and Vince today, Mike Bell on Friday. I've got Randy and Chris on Saturday, Hugh on Sunday, and then Steak and the Gang on Monday. I mean, you're just having fun with everybody. Yeah, I am. That's awesome. I'm literally just milling my way around every show that's out there. So, lots of fun. Busiest Um, man in show business right here. I guess, yeah. Uh, Can't wait to see my paycheck. Uh, Anyway, that'll be Friday. (laughs) Anyway. All right, listen, we got to get out of here. We'll be on after Hawks basketball coming up tomorrow for your listening pleasure. Again, we'll talk to Tori McElhaney, get you ready for Falcons and Panthers. For Dylan, it's Chuckery. We'll see you. Bye. Oh, oh, oh. Just a thing I better